You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Nathan. Yes? Did you know that Ford has recently announced the brand new 2022 Ford Super Duty. And it's all electric. No, it's not. No, but they're actually making a few changes to the new heavy duty truck. Well, from what I've seen in the pictures, the exterior looks uh, about the same. Yes, uh, you would be right, Mm. mostly, because they do have new colors and new Mm. trim packages. Ah. Yes, but in this episode of TFL Talking Trucks, I want to actually go over all the changes. Okay. See how the new Super Duty compares against this competition. Uh Uh-huh. And also answer this question. Did they do enough? That's a good question. Congratulations, you have now tuned into TFL Talk, where we discuss everything automotive, whether it's cars or trucks. This is the one place where you can be sure to get independent and honest reviews. Let's get back to the show right now. As many of you have pointed out on tfltruck.com, Ford has already kind of wrapping up its 2021 model year order books. So if you're ordering a brand new Super Duty truck, you may get a 2021 still, but very soon you'll be able to get this, the 2022. All right, now there are differences, but from the outside, it's hard to tell what those differences are. So why don't you take us through all the changes? Yeah, so they're showing basically here, and this is basically everything that Ford has given us. Uh-huh. Um, a few images, a few videos, and we, have a, we do have a video on TFL Truck channel uh, that's laying out some of these uh, features and options. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're kind of taking some of their most popular packages, like the Sport, right. like the Lariat Sport, and applying it to other trucks. For example, the red truck you see behind me it's actually a Tremor, which is a 2022 off-road package, right, on their heavy-duty truck. And now it has this red uh, monochromatic look, uh, Lariat Sport, which is pretty cool. Yeah, now what does the Sport give us? You know what? You get body-colored bumpers, grill, mirror caps, door handles, but you still have all the gear, right? So it's almost like a chrome delete. Yeah, which is my favorite, actually. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not a big chrome person. Yeah. I mean, it looks uh, pretty good. It looks aggressive. The wheels are black. Um, the whole truck itself, already, for those of you who don't know what the Ford F-250 trimmer is and everything else, it is 
kind of a direct competitor to the Ram Power Wagon. Big surprise with the shirt I'm wearing. <laughs> but, um, you know, an off-road capable heavy-duty truck. Yeah, and true. And, you know, Ford kind of went a slightly different direction when you compare it to the Power Wagon, right? Right. Because they're offering it in both F-250 and F-350. Correct. So you can get different kind of suspension packages mm -hmm. uh, there. And also, of course, a lift. You get a lift with a tremor. And powertrains. Uh, and di diesel and gas available. Yeah, that's the one, one of the major things with uh, Ram is they do not offer a diesel option. But there's a lot more going on with this 2022 truck. Yeah, and it's mainly on the inside, actually, mm -hmm. because they did keep the engines, mm -hmm. and I specifically asked for it, is the 6.2 gas V8 still there? Mm -hmm. They said yes. So um, they have the 6.2 and the 7.3 And gas? the 7.3 still. Hmm. Um, so, I'm, uh, you know, the pricing is not available yet. So if you're wondering about, you know, what's the starting price, all this stuff, we don't know yet because this truck is coming, the 2022 model is coming in the summer. Right. And pricing will be available soon, just not quite yet. Right. Um, but uh, they, you know, announced, uh, so the engines are the same, power ratings are the same. Same transmission. Uh, same transmission choices. Um, and then uh, towing and payload ratings are the same. Hmm. So if you were thinking, you know, Ram recently came out and they said, we can tow 37,100 right, pounds. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was kind of guessing in the back of my, uh, my head that Ford would say, you know what, we can tell 37,150 or right. you know, 37,200 or something like right. that. Just or a 300. couple extra pounds more so they could say they have more, which is what both companies, all the companies have been doing. Yeah, but, but for this one, they're not doing that. Okay. Um, and, I, you know, it's easy for us to sit here and say, you know, why don't you do it? But I'm sure it involves testing, suspensions. You know, it's not easy to just go out there and say, you know, I can tow mole right now. So the question is, did they do enough? When it comes to the powertrain and overall capability, the answer is it's exactly the same as it was before. Yes. Right? Okay. Yes. So let's touch on that a little bit later because um, the, the, did they do enough question, right? Uh, because I want to show you the interior. Now this is something else. Yes. So if you're watching, if you're just listening to us, you could also watch this uh, podcast on TFL Talk. Mm -hmm. And if you're watching us, you could also listen to us. <laughs> yes. And if you're listening to us, what we're looking at right now is a picture of the new interior. And by new, I mean the dash, the center stack, and that infotainment screen completely different, which is a good thing. Yeah. So... Basically, and I think a lot of customers have asked for this, yeah, right? Yeah. And we have recently, you know, over the last few years, we've been testing Super Duty trucks. and We all, even owned one. Yeah, we owned the 2020 model. Um, and some of the, you know, this top trim of the center dash had a few kind of gaps in it, slight, slight differences, right? It was one of my least favorite components of the interior. In fact, Ford F-150s, 250s and whatnot, all of them had, for a while, in my book, the lowest of the low in terms of fit and finish because they were all just slightly off. And it's not like anything would break right away. It was just it didn't look great and it didn't feel great. And that was one thing I wanted for to address, and it looks like they have. Yes, and especially with this large screen, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not a copy of the F-150. No, it's you know, different. The, the new F-150 just came out for 2021. Um, and of course, you know, Ford, I think, listened mm -hmm. to the customers and all the uh, pundits and critics. Right, right. right. Um, and they, you know, they 
made the materials a little bit different, they took more care with it, uh, different designs, and they're doing something similar here, but not an identical copy. Um, and there will be three screens available now. Okay. So the base Excel will have a small 4.2. Uh, well, you know, it's kind of a work truck. Right, 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 right. Uh, then if you move up to the XLT, it'll have an 8-inch screen. Which, which is, is pretty much what is standard on a lot of, like, higher-end trucks now. Yeah, so for example, if you look at GM, most of them have 8-inch screens. Right, right, right. Actually, right. all of them. Yeah, which is, there's, <laughs> they don't go any bigger. Yeah, and then, uh, of course, uh, the premium system, right, mm -hmm. is this 12-inch uh, touchscreen with the latest SYNC 4. If you're getting the other screens, the 4.2 or the 8, you're getting actually the previous SYNC 3. Okay. Which is kind of interesting. Why don't they have... Sync 4 everywhere. Across the board? Yeah. Might have something to do with the screen and the choices you're getting on the screen, some sort of Or maybe software. the hardware itself, the computer. Right, or some hardware yeah. that we're just unaware of. Yeah. So, uh, so you have to pick and choose, right? Mm -hmm. If you love technology, and a lot of people do, um, the 12-inch screen has not the only the new hardware, but also the new software. That's correct. So, and that comes with, you know, over-the-air updates, um, capability, Wi-Fi capability, and all the latest features. Yeah, it's a good-looking screen, and I like the position of it. There are a lot of Ford products out there um, that I'm not particularly happy about the way they designed the screen. Like, oh, I don't know. The Explorer. The Explorer. That, that one looks like an afterthought. It looks like somebody put a pad there and just said, okay, you know, quick and done. And it just doesn't look like it's very good craftsmanship. By comparison, this is much better. This setup is smooth, it looks good. It's different than RAM, which is, um, you know, one is horizontal, the other one is vertical, and this is a vertical design. I like it. I also like the fact that a passenger can easily reach over and make choices because, God forbid, I'm driving and my wife not make a choice for me or two. Or three right. Or. Um, so, so, yeah, and you bring an interesting point, you know, how does this compare to the competition, mm -hmm. right? Because uh, RAM, as you mentioned, they do have those vertical screens, mm -hmm. um, so it's basically you know a portrait orientation versus landscape in this case a little bit more horizontal um you know i recently spoke with the chief um, designer of ford trucks mm -hmm. ihab uh, kaud and he mentioned to me that on that podcast and you can listen to that as well mm -hmm. um, that they did research with their customers and their customers according to the chief designer prefer this horizontal orientation I, I don't know why. I, I, I think part of it has to do with, um, and I was often saying vertical versus horizontal. I, I just, I've been, it's wider with horizontal. Um, I, once again, the passengers can actually reach the screen and make choices. That's one thing. And the other is it's not sticking up and it's not, look at the buttons. The, it's not getting in the way of any of the HAVAC system that's below which is really important for some uh, people. Yeah, I think if you specifically, if you're looking at this image uh, on this podcast, uh, for example, the volume and the tune knobs are still below the screen on the Ford, mm -hmm. uh, not on the sides. Which, which I personally prefer. Yeah, and there's also like, you know, the uh, station selection buttons, and then of course the, your you know, AC and heater system. Yeah, all of and, that is yeah. right below it, and it's not moved off to the side or shoved way, way down. So I like the fact that everything is at hand, and once again, that wide screen makes it easier for your passenger to access as well. Yeah, so I think the interior update is really good, especially if you're willing to pay for this high-end system, Yeah, which I imagine will cost a bit extra. I would imagine so. Yeah. Now, if you compare it to what Ram is doing with their heavy-duty trucks, Ram still looks a little bit more premium just in terms of pictures. 
Uh, we haven't touched this interior yet, so we can't say whether or not the components feel higher quality than before. It wouldn't take much to make them feel a little bit better because the older interiors were a little bit on the chintzy side. But when you compare this interior to General Motors, suddenly this is much better. I would, I would agree. Yeah. I mean, GM, uh, well, they just released, you know, the 2020 was their update or right. major redesign on their next generation uh, heavy duty trucks. Silverado and Sierra, um, and they kind of reorganized kind of some of the controls, yeah. but they kept the screens about the same, about between seven and eight inches, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of dark materials, a lot of black on top of black, uh, different plastics. And if, even if you look at this Lariat picture I'm showing you now, mm -hmm. it's got some, you know, some lighter colors, some beiges, some silver, some dark, some... Um, so it just makes it more airy and more inviting. I and think. it looks a little bit more premium when you yeah. add different colors to it because it looks like they actually went through some trouble to add these components there. Whereas in with General Motors, you're really talking about two, maybe three different colors. The thing is, is about the colors aside, the overall design on the GM dash and the display and everything else looks dated now, um, especially going up against Ford and Ram. And I think functionality is uh, king here, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. for these trucks. And you know, GM functionality is still there. You know, it's the, decent. The, the, um, the trailer brake controller is at hand, Yep. right? Uh, some of the other controls are at hand. So it's not really a matter of real functionality in the GM trucks. Mm. It's just more of a kind of this inviting atmosphere or design, I guess. I, I disagree. I think that some of the uh, controls and where they're located are very similar uh, you know, when you're going from one dial to another and sometimes you can confuse them because they're exactly the same size and the same component, basically. Mm -hmm. Ford looks like they've gone a different route and almost everything is different sized, including your heating and air conditioning knobs versus your volume control knobs and stuff like that. That's actually kind of good because once you get used to the truck and you're basing it on feel and you want to quickly make an adjustment, you're not worried about turning your heat up to 90 as opposed to turning your music up to 10. Mm -hmm. It is a major thing, and Ford is doing a really good job with it. I think they actually listen to their consumers, and they put on larger buttons, larger dials, which makes it easier if you're wearing gloves or in the cold climate to quickly go and move something and make it work better. I, I, I love that. I think it's great. Yeah, and especially a lot of these um, images we're, we're seeing of this new interior in the Ford, um, it actually has a column shift. Mm -hmm. So, and that's uh, how some of these manufacturers also differ, right? Yeah because uh, GM uses column shift uh, yes. often in their heavy duty trucks. Uh, Ram went somewhere else. Yeah, they went to dials. Which, yeah, they went to dials on a lot of their trucks. With, with really one exception. The only exception is the TRX, which yeah. does, has a proper, you know. Yeah, the TRX has a center console. Yeah, which, which I, I like. Which is kind of a sport truck, high performance truck, right, which is right, good. Right. Um, also, some, some base models on the Rams do have columns. Right, but um, it just depends. Right, just depends. but when you're competing with the higher end stuff like this, you have the rotary dial. Which works just fine, uh, it's just not my favorite. I much prefer feeling something, a positive engagement of having a lever that you pull down and put it into drive or you know, reverse. Mm -hmm. And of course, some people who don't like column shifts often say that, like for example, in park, you may be able to see your screen, but in drive, because the shifter actually is moved, yeah. you may be blocking your view of some button or something. But I, I'm kind of old school. I still love that column. I shift. prefer it. And if you look at this picture, it's not blocking everything, anything in park. Um, yeah. That's another thing I like. It's very clear uh, IP in the front. It looks good. And you still get a variety of different components on the lower section of the vehicle 
that make it for easy storage with cup holders and a large storage uh, center console. I mean, it's quite nice and the seats look great. So, so far, I'm really impressed with what I'm seeing, if you couldn't tell. Yeah, and if you look at the outside once again, uh, the 2022 Ford, the Super Duty trucks, you won't really be able to tell a difference. Yeah, it looks exactly year. the same on the outside. So same headlight designs, taillight designs, some of the bumpers and grills. But and they just redid it, right? Yeah, 2020 was a quite a, quite a refresh as well. Right. Um, and of course, powertrains are pretty good, mm -hmm. especially the diesel engine that we've tested before, the 6.7 liter. One of our leading diesels. Yeah, it was quick, powerful, and efficient. Mm -hmm. I mean, it combines a lot of great elements together. So I'm okay with them not updating the diesel, mm -hmm. just personally. But you know what? I wanted the Godzilla to have a little bit more meat, the 7.3. You know, 430 horsepower is okay. Mm -hmm. But, and I guess they're not really pressed by anybody. You know, GM is not out there, you know, pushing them to, you know, with their gasoline engines. And, no, not at all. And, I mean, Ram has that old Hemi, yeah. but it's been around forever. Yeah, so maybe when the competition kind of pushes them or somebody else pushes them, right, mm -hmm. they might upgrade their power ratings. But you know what I wanted in this truck? Hmm. A hybrid. Uh, yeah, speaking <laughs> from the man who actually owns a hybrid Ford product, um, I think that that might be long in coming. And, and perhaps Ford is working on something that will astound us, like something like a diesel connected to a hybrid system. Can you imagine how powerful and how efficient that could be in theory? It yeah. would be amazing. But I don't think we're going to see anything like that anytime soon. That's a, that's a lot of engineering for what may not sell very well. There are a lot of people out there who do not are not convinced that hybrid technology is something that will last a long period of time. Right. Um, they may like the power, but durability is still That's, the question. That could be a big question. Yeah. So, you know what? I don't see really a big V8 diesel hybrid because, I mean, you're already adding a lot of weight and technology mm -hmm. all in one. And weight is the enemy sometimes, you know, in these trucks. And if you put a bigger battery in there, you know, once again, you're subtracting weight. Um, but I could see this 3.5 EcoBoost hybrid because good torque. Yeah. Actually, the F-150 hybrid uh, hybrid uh, tow rating is 570 pound-feet of torque, mm -hmm. which is more than 475 pound-feet of torque. I mean, the, tor the, the torque rating. The torque rating yeah. is, is higher. Yeah, yeah. So that could be useful. It, as you know, what if they were to take that same system and couple it to the the 7.3 liter V8? Ooh. You know, the, the thing is, is about that, that V8 is it, we've tested it because we actually own one with that V8. It's a good V8. Yeah. It's got a great power. And a 10-speed automatic. 10-speed automatic, yeah. relatively efficient for such a, you know, large displacement engine. But if you were to add the hybrid system to that and then shove it into that truck, you'd be able to get really long range and power a work site. And these are work trucks at the end of the day. Many of them are, at least. Yeah. So being able to hang out with a bunch of roughnecks and actually fire up some tools and, or go out and you know, fire up a campsite or a work site or tow trailers and power them whenever you stop, yeah. that could be a real plus with these heavy-duty trucks. So who knows? Maybe they're working on it right now. Yeah, and that, that, that's a great question. Recently, you know, there was that cold storm that hit you know, some of the southern states. And yeah, places. yeah. Um, and people came to like the hybrid systems because you could power a lot, a lot of their homes. There was, there was one guy in Texas, I read about this story, who actually was powering two different homes. And at the same time, he was able to still run uh, like a separate uh, small converter and power his laptop while he was sitting there. Well, and, you know, and he was able to run 
for several hours and power these homes. So basically he could turn on his truck with a full tank of gas at night and by the next day he still had more than half a tank of gas so he could run out and you know fill up again and come back and help him out again. It's incredible what these you know hybrid systems will do. Now it does depend on the battery size as well though. Yeah and also depends on the transmission because right now the F-150 transmission, the, the electric motor is actually built into it. Right, it's sandwiched. So, yeah, so you can't just take a heavy-duty transmission like this and magically make it work. You know, you have to extend, extend the transmission that's actually a little bit longer, mm -hmm. right? You have to redesign the frame to accommodate for that. You know, it's not quite as simple as it seems. Right, so the question is whether or not they're experimenting with this idea and doing something like that. But could you imagine, just in terms of Futurescape, could you imagine adding, you know, having the diesel, and having this hybrid system, could you just imagine the type of power you would put out and the range that you would get? The potential is incredible. Yeah, and usefulness, you know, because you have eight-foot beds in these trucks. Right. You know, large beds, you can bring a lot of stuff. And also make it into an overlander of some sort, right? Powering your camper. Or now whatever. you're speaking my language because, you know, towing yeah. stuff is you. Uh, going off-road and overlanding is me. That's you. Yeah, and could you just imagine? But I think what we need to do is circle back now and, and talk about whether or not Ford's done enough with their 2022 model. Now, bear in mind, once again, they just last year, well, a little over a year ago, came out with this new design with the uh, F-250, the heavy-duty trucks. So mm -hmm. a lot of what we're seeing is updates based on that. So we weren't really expecting anything groundbreaking. Anything huge. Right. But I think people did want this interior. That's exactly so, it. And, and they got a lot of it, right, with a mm -hmm. new center stack redesign. Although, you know what I'm not seeing? I'm not seeing like a little folding table the center console. Oh, there's a reason for that. What's that? Because the folding table and all that stuff works with that electric um, gear lever. On the F-150? Yeah, yeah. On, uh, except for all of them except for yours. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Which is surprising that you didn't get that, but well, it's, it's the one that want, uh, you want. But I couldn't, at the price, I couldn't get it. I think it was an XLT is the start to get that. I don't, know, ex I don't know exactly what, how you can enter into that you know, the folding gear shifter and then the little table. But my truck, the XL, you know, I have six-person seating, yeah. so the bench. But um, you have the fold-down thing. Yeah, and actually there is an optional thing for a little plastic extension for a table. Yeah. I just didn't, get didn't it. have a code. When I was ordering my truck, I didn't, I couldn't order it. Quite Not to then. mention the fact you were already over fifty grand into it. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I could, I, I can buy a separate table. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> hook it up there. But, um, but okay. Other than that, and I just don't have that because I, I think it has to do with the transmission setup in general. Um, but in terms of, did they go far enough? Did they do enough? I think they did because they built an interior that people were asking for. They already gave everybody the powertrain that everybody wanted. So now you have several different options, mm -hmm. a couple of gas and, you know, of course, the big diesel. Uh, and on top of that, you, you had the new interior. Now you have the new, new interior, which really addressed most of the issues that we had an issue with. I said issue twice, but you know what I mean, guys. Okay. Yeah, and I think they really did do that. And kudos to Ford. Could they have done more? Absolutely. I think that the look of it is still kind of mellow. And I prefer what Ram is doing because theirs just looks really premium. I mean, in terms of aesthetics, but they've definitely leapfrogged way over General Motors in terms of overall design. And my opinion is that they could have done more. I don't think they quite did enough for this model year. 
And let me explain a little bit. Yeah, please. Love the interior. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. Love the diesel engine. I think their diesel engine is a, a gem. Yeah, it is. Right? Uh, but um, you know me. I, I kind of want every manufacturer to be the, the best ever, mm. right? So I, I want a little bit more torque and power from the v gas V8 engines, right? That's what I kind of wanted. Uh, the hybrid system, yeah, that was a wish list. Yeah, that, that's, that's dreaming. That's, that may be a couple years away, right? Which, which is okay. I think Ford needs to see the desire from their patrons before they actually do something like that. Yeah. And, and then I also wanted them to kind of beat their chest a little bit more on the towing ratings. Mm. You know, that's kind of what, what I was thinking they might do. So did they do enough? Oh, we didn't actually talk about some other packages that they had. Oh, there's so a couple other packages, a, aren't there? a black appearance package that they're going to have. Uh, and they moved it lower into XLT. So before then it used to be, was it Lariat? Yeah, I think it was Lariat and above. Right. And now it was so popular with a black cutout look, the, the grill, the lights, the wheels, wheels yeah. uh, some of the badges, all this stuff, that they're actually moving it, a little, making it a little bit more affordable, moving it into the XLT. That's actually, I think it's a pretty good idea. Uh, I mean, people want it. So uh, that's, that's good. I don't personally really find that black package to be that great. I think it's okay. But some people do dig it. Uh, what else was there? Well, and then, you know, they mentioned that, you know, the 4.2 screen is still available, the 8-inch screen is still available. And I'm thinking, you know, the trucks are getting more and more expensive every day, mm, yeah. right? Every generation, every year, every model year is getting a little bit more premium and expensive. You know, maybe move away, delete the 4.2 screen. I know it's a base, you know, work truck screen, but even like in my work truck, XL, that mm -hmm. I purchased, the F-150, it kind of feels good to get into it. It's a basic truck, but I still have a large screen. Right, right. You know, it's like I did pay a lot and I feel like I'm getting a little bit more. That's kind of what I wanted to see from this truck, you know, kind of simplifying the options because there are too many things going on, too many screens, too many, you know, you see what I'm saying? I get you, but what if, if you're building 10,000 trucks, let's say, and those trucks are, each one of them is a couple hundred dollars cheaper by putting in this four inch screen, after 10,000 trucks, you're getting a considerable return on your investment because the people who are buying them are only using them as work trucks, really don't care about having a nice screen. And then you go up to the next level. That actually might make it less expensive to put that 8-inch screen in your truck. That's true. And I think fleet buyers... That's exactly where I'm right, going. Giant, giant fleets. Mm -hmm. Probably, you know, they would rather remove all the buttons. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, air conditioning, delete, man. Who needs it? Uh, cruise control, remove that. Yeah, yeah, get rid of all the stuff, yeah, yeah. which is what they used to do with every uh, truck maker, ma major truck maker, is that they had a very basic model that was much less expensive, you know, manual roll-down windows, AM radio. Uh, okay, I dated myself there, but you know what I mean. Uh -huh. So that, I think, is the point of having it. That lowers your entry level, uh, so you have a less expensive truck. Even if you're saving a couple hundred bucks here and there on little, you know, gadgets and gizmos, I think that that overall makes for a less expensive truck for an entry price. Yeah, but like I said, you know, I, I did want a couple of those items to be improved or enhanced or, mm -hmm. you know, changed. But at the same time, I realize the cost behind it. Yeah, right. right. You know, uh, recertifying a brand new engine rating, that's not easy. No, right? that takes a lot of work. Yeah. And the more I learn about it, it's crazy. And, and if you're changing weight or height or something else, you have to crash test these vehicles. And you have right? to get SAE uh, and all that to sign off on yeah. whatever your new numbers are. So, yeah, it's a lot of stuff. And even the new interior is not easy. No. Right, if it was easy, you know, 
other manufacturers would be putting in new interiors left and right. Right, and we are talking about one of the largest manufacturers on the planet. And in order for them to do this interior, it had to go through safety scrutiny. It had to go through various types of testing and all that. Mm -hmm. So it's not just you know snapping your fingers and making it happen. But I think that you and I differ. I think this is just enough and this is what the people are asking for. And you're saying, no, nah, there's a little bit more they could have done. I it always want more. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess yeah. that's the point. Yeah, yeah, and um, and also, you know, how hard is it to add a hundred pounds of towing rating? Or it is kind of hard. <laughs> you were just you just contradicted yourself. It's really hard. It's the question is, you know, do they, as as Mr. Truck would say, do they sprinkle fairy dust and simply say, oh, yep, it can tow hundred pounds more. Now we beat the, you know our com competition by you know x amount of pounds, or do you go through all of the you know difficult things, the hurdles to get to a rating that has been agreed on with everybody else, which means that maybe you've changed the way the vehicle's cooled, or the way the transmission works, or the mapping, or the timing, or any number of things to make that track better. So rather than take the simple route, they've done the basics, they've given people what they want, and they haven't added fairy dust to these numbers yet. So I'm I, actually kind of grateful they haven't. I don't like fairy dust. I know you don't. Also, but you know, we don't have um, the granular level uh, of the specs on this truck because right. you know how they how, how it is. If you get a two-wheel drive, it tows different from a four-wheel drive. Right. If you right. get larger wheels, it actually tows different. Yeah, different tires. Right, right, um, right. So we don't have all the granular kind of ratings for mm -hmm. each model, each variation, each configuration. So what I'm hoping for did is maybe stepped up some of the towing ratings on some of the more popular configurations, right? Like our F250 that we had last year uh, was rated to tow, I think, about 14,500 pounds. Mm -hmm. If they move that up, you know, it's not that, you know, high-level 37,000-pound number, but if they actually moved up the numbers that matter to most people, I mm -hmm. think that's key. So in other words, if they made that truck tow, say, 15,000 pounds... Yeah, um, and a lot of people buy that truck, right? Okay, so how much engineering is required in order to get that truck to that level? I don't know. It might require a different transmission, different rear end, it may require different tires, a different uh, setting on the front end with aerodynamics. There are so many things out there that are required in order to get to that level. I think that it's a lot to ask for. But you know who else did that recently? Who? GM. Oh. Well, for 2021, they upgraded their like 3 liter diesel ratings mm -hmm. on their light duty trucks. They upgraded some of their heavy-duty trucks by about 500 pounds. And they actually, in their um, you know, press releases and explanations, they did say, you know, we changed maybe the tires, yeah, the brakes. Right, and then they had to rerun the whole cycle. You know, the testing cycle, they had to go to Davis Dam and Colorado to the Ike Gauntlet, right, and retest all those vehicles. But they put in the work for a reason, right? They, they wanted more towing. Which makes sense, and that's what every you know major truck maker has to do. They have to put in the time and the sweat in order to make it happen. And who knows what they're testing right now? I'm sure that everybody's aiming for a higher level, but in terms of the interim, what you're creating just within one year from when the truck was you know has debuted to what they're doing now, in one year they've improved the interior, they've given us different colors and some different packages, which I think is pretty good. Okay, yeah. so here's a question to you guys, the listeners and, and viewers. Uh, the viewers. Um, is this enough to make you wait for this truck? Right, so this truck will be available in the summer of 2021, so mm -hmm. it's still a few months away. So are these changes, let us know in the comments. Yes, please. Yeah, are these changes enough so you can wait a few months to get this one? Or are you gonna, eh, 
you know, just get the just just get the current truck, or a different truck. You know, and and yeah. why? Yeah. Why would you choose a different truck? So we're really curious about all that. Now, guys, it really helps if you do leave the comments below because we do read as many as we can, and uh, we try to answer a few as well. And you can also get a hold of us at ask.tfltruck.com. Mm -hmm. You can send us, you know, the truck you own or your story about your truck. We'd love to see pictures. And of course, comments and features and, you know, if you want us to improve something. <laughs> yeah. And if you're, if you're viewing this on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. It helps us every time. Yeah, because we're trying to grow our, uh, not just our premier, you know, truck and off-road channels, but, but this channel is very important because we can interact on a different level. That's right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. See you next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.